Everything I've been through makes me better than the last me. All up in fifth was spreading this truth of compassion. And whenever they ask him, I be, I be, I be praising. You just heard Praisin from the album The Intro by Denise LaShawn. Go check out Denise LaShawn's music on Spotify or any other music site. Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the beautiful Collision podcast. I believe when the good and amazing, great parts of your life collide with the bad, messy, and hard parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful and amazing person that you are. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories of people from all walks of life. And my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're back listening um, to the Beautiful Collision Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. Um, I literally say that every week, but I really am excited for today's guest because um, I follow her on Instagram and we met years ago, but I just, I feel like I just love your heart and love who you are. So today's guest is Boston. So Boston, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Boston <laughs> Evans. Awesome. And why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are? Like, who is Boston? Fun fact, all that kind of stuff. All right. Um, so I'm 26. 26. I'm married. Been married for it'll be five years in January. Ooh. Yes. Um, I have a two and a half year old, an almost 11 month old, uh-huh. and I'm 22 weeks pregnant with our third. Congrats. That will be here in November. So. Yes, lots of small babies, yeah. and um, we live in Katy, Texas. Mm-hmm. We, uh, my husband and I, met going to University of Houston. Okay, and have been together ever since. Um, I went to nursing school. Okay, I worked at Texas Children's Hospital. Um, mm-hmm. Was a nurse there for three years, yeah. but now I put that on hold and I'm staying home with all these little babies. All so. these little, <laughs> all these little cute babies. Yes. And literally, if you follow on Insta, they are so so cute. Thanks. So, um, so I have so many questions for you after you've introduced yourself. So you and your husband met at University of Houston. Are you originally from Houston? No, I'm from Dallas. You're from Dallas. Okay. Yes. So it's funny. I do have a lot of Dallas to Houston transplants on the show. And I always ask, <laughs> Dallas or Houston? Which one? Oh, <laughs> man. The, I'm going to say Dallas only because okay. I, the humidity here just killed it. Just killed me. And like. <laughs> All the bugs that come with that. It's yes. just not my thing. Yes. I always have to ask that because I'm like, you know, Dallas is just going to have a little bit <laughs> yeah. of beef. And so, is your husband from Dallas too? He's from Austin. Okay. Okay. So both of y'all are Houston. But he loves Houston. Okay. More than I do. More than you. <laughs> say that. You're like, if we ever move to Dallas, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, in, it's, I love like the culture and the yeah. stuff that Houston brings, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't know. I think maybe part of it's because I a lot of my Houston living has been downtown. Okay, yeah. And traffic and yes. way too many people and yeah. That's awesome. Chaos. So you guys went what brought you to University of Houston? Um so it's funny you ask. We I actually didn't even know that was a school that existed okay. until I got offered a scholarship. Oh cool. and I was like, oh well that's a nice scholarship. Yeah, like maybe exactly. I should think about it. 
And my husband also got scholarship. So that was the reason both of us ended up there. Yeah. And yeah, we met my just very end of my first semester as a freshman. Wow. How'd y'all meet? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, actually, he DM'd me on Facebook. Okay, um, when did she get shot? Yes, I was in this, like, campus calendar nomination thing for, like, for the college calendar. And Famous. him and his, no, <laughs> he and his roommates, I guess, I don't, were, like, aware that it was happening. And I saw my picture on the, face, on the Facebook page for the university. Yes. And he messaged me, and, of course, I was just, like, Okay. okay, but he said some. He said some, you know, charming things. Like yeah. he was like, "I see you're in the Baptist student ministry. <laughs> like I love that you love Jesus, and you, you know, whatever." So he said all the right things, mm-hmm. and so I gave him a shot and texted. That's him. a good story. What's your husband's name? Russell. Russell, I'm shouting you out for just going for yeah. it. A lot of people would not do that. And then the second, and then the, what really got me was he invited me to go to the passion conference okay like three weeks that was happening three weeks later oh. so he was like hey i'm going to passion conference with some buddies and da, 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 you should come and i was like oh if he's going to passion like he definitely loves jesus he, he must love jesus yeah. <laughs> check, so, check, check. that's how we met oh that is so cute that's such a fun story awesome okay so um and y'all dated throughout college and then got married soon after or no. yes okay we so it was 2000 end of 20 11 mm-hmm. yeah. when we met mm-hmm. met on Facebook yeah. and then we dated for 14 months mm-hmm. before and he proposed to me and then we were engaged for 17 months okay um I was in nursing school yeah. and wanted to be done with that mm-hmm. chunk of life yeah um before we got married so we I graduated in December uh-huh. of 2014 and we got married like three weeks later wow so how old are you like 20 22 22 just barely just yes. barely 22 wow and he was how old is he he's a little over a year older than me year and a half ish yeah so you pretty much did college and went like right into yes. married life yeah what literally. was like what was that transition like and you were 22 which I can only imagine me at 22 was like not, still not a functioning adult, you know, like what was it like making that transition? Like, was that hard for you type thing? Motherhood at 22. I'm mean, not motherhood. Sorry. Wifeyhood at 22. Yes. Yeah. So looking back, I knew nothing. Yeah. Um, I think at the time I was like, oh yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah. I've always, all in high school, um, throughout college, I'd always have had the like in- I'm going to intentionally date to marry. Yeah. So if I was dating a guy and was like, okay, this yeah. is not, I would just break up with yeah. them or um, just kind of not wanting to waste time because yeah. I wanted, my was like, I'm going to go to school. Yeah. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get married and have kids young. Like I kind of always knew what I wanted. Yeah. Um. So also I think being engaged for 17 months before marriage gave me a window of time to kind of be like in mm-hmm. wifey prep mode yeah. into some degree, which I did still. I didn't know what yeah. that even meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I we weren't ready. Neither yeah. of us were. Yeah. I don't think you're you ever really understand mm-hmm. what marriage. You think you do when you hear all the things at church that yeah. are like, oh, it's a commitment before the Lord, and yeah, for better or for worse, and you're gonna have hard times. But until you actually get in it, mm-hmm. at least for us, mm-hmm. you, there's no way to prepare someone. For yeah, it because. You, you don't know who each other, you know, really are yeah. when you're at the altar. Yeah. You just, you've been in this honeymoon engagement phase of, oh, the big day. Yeah. 
And then our first year of marriage was like bliss. I mean, yeah. we were, everyone told us, be pay, like, be careful. Like your first year of marriage yeah. is going to be really hard. Yeah. You know, you, we hadn't lived together before yeah. then and you're going to run into habits and yeah. things and frustrations. Yeah. And I mean, we had some expectations that were not met that we had to work through, but they were like, right. Hey babe, I've, you know. I made dinner for us. Are we going to sit down and eat it? And like his expectation was, I'm going to eat this meal while I watch Sports Center. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not like, it, I mean, it it matters and you should talk about it, but it's not going to like change the game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so we had some of that, but for the most part, we just like traveled and mm-hmm. we both worked full time and we're adventuring into like what it's like to have some money to like take trips. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. Yeah. Jobs. And then, um, so at the end of our first year, we were kind of like people, what what was everyone saying? It's so hard. Like our first year was awesome. Mm -hmm. And we must just really love each other. (laughs) You know, kind of more than those people. Yeah. And well, we just must be so compatible. (laughs) Um, and then year two, Mm -hmm. it was like, God was like reality check. Yeah. You're, you guys are, y'all have no idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, it was in a, a quick, like, learning curve, I guess. Yeah. But as far as feeling prepared yeah. and ready for marriage, yeah. I would say at the time I was like, oh, yeah, we got this. Yeah. But now looking back, we both have, to, we're like, we should probably just now be getting married. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We probably should have spent the last five years working on all this baggage and issues mm-hmm. that we had individually that we didn't even know we had yeah. at the time. Yeah. Like it took marriage to reveal those things, which is the whole sanctification yeah. process. Yeah. So. What is the biggest thing right now you're learning as I mean in the last five years and you can, you can be vague or specific, but just like from marriage that you're just like, man, like I didn't know this about myself. Cause I hear, so I'm not married, yes. but I hear a lot of people um, a lot of, I have a lot of married friends though, and they're saying, man, I just like did not realize this about myself and who I was and just in marriage, it's really like brought that to light and how has kind of God shaped that and used that for you? Okay. So yes, <laughs> I know sure. the answer. <laughs> um, I always had this elevated view of like pedestal idolatry is mm. really what it is. Of a husband. Yeah. Like, even before I met Russell, I idolized the idea of having a husband. Yeah. And it's what I wanted since I was 13. Like, who's my Mr. Right? And, you know, you just imagine all that you, you know, you create this view in your mind of what they're going to be like. Right. And they're going to love me unconditionally. They're going to treat me like a princess and Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. And so, going into marriage... Like, Russ, he was that for me. He was all the things that I had ever hoped and prayed for. And he was the just perfect godly man. Mm-hmm. And he, we never really fought. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Dating and get, like, we still don't really fight that much. Yeah. Um, we communicate. Well, we, now we do. Yeah. I did not know how to communicate. Yeah. When we dated or got married. Um, but that said, I had this unrealistic and really unfair Mm-hmm. pressure on him mm-hmm. that was unspoken yeah like and so anytime he slightly disappointed me or slightly didn't meet an expectation yeah. it was like I held it against him mm-hmm. because my you're not supposed that's not supposed to be that way right um like my husband's supposed to do x y and z right and it was all because I had created that view yeah. of what he should be yeah. the whole picture of um 
you know, ever you or your two imperfect sinners yeah. that get married. Yeah. Like you I've heard that. I grew up in all the youth group yeah. sermons and just kind of the annoying church lessons that get beat over us. And yeah, it's exactly. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. God kind of has yeah. used marriage to show me that like you, your husband, like the person you love the most and do life with and all the things that I had created that a husband should be. Yeah. Like they cannot, you can, I've said, oh, Jesus is first and then it's my husband. But like, really was it that way? <laughs> yeah, you know? no, that's, a, that's, um, that's so good. I, I really liked how you mentioned, so a couple, there's a, a lot of things I liked in that, but I think one, this like unreal expectation we put on people to be these things that sometimes we don't even realize we had because I think right. you can do that in friendship too and with family yep. and then like you said with your husband and you don't even realize like yeah like you said we always know yeah people are imperfect you know but they love me or they're close to me so they're gonna do everything for me right. you know like they won't ever like deeply wound me and then when those things happen to some degree you're just like your whole world is just like you know, but like you said, it's like God, God to us knew we were imperfect. Like it wasn't a surprise to him that, right. <laughs> that we were like crazy and imperfect sometimes, yeah. you know, it wasn't just, and he came and pursued us and just this idea of, of learning that with people and like having, like you said, grace towards people when they do wound us and hurt us, I think is really cool. I think the other interesting thing is, which I'm so glad you shared is I think sometimes Again, I'm not married, but I think I see some of my friends sometime in marriage, like, not really realize or think that their spouse can be an idol. Because it's, right. like, this idea of, I mean, we're one, we're, you know, I spent all the time with him, like, they're the person I love the most, you know, how could they be an idol? Because I'm supposed to, like, be with them all the time mm-hmm. and, like, love them unconditionally. Yep. And so, that's really interesting. Was that, a su- I mean, I think you kind of talked, was that a surprise to you that, like, yes. yeah, yeah, that, totally. that, like, he was... Or that God was revealing that he's becoming that for you? and did- uh, Yes. I think I was with that group of people that yeah. you just first mentioned of yeah. kind of like, they're supposed to be the like seemingly center of my world because they're my person that I, yeah. I live with them. I talk to them all day. Um, so, I don't know. It After the fact, yeah. it was not, a, like, it was kind of like, okay, now it make, I can see why yeah. I did idolize yeah. him. You know, my parents got divorced when I was young. Yeah. And so I spent my whole, like, teen years of high school, middle school creating this, okay, well, if if that's not how marriage was supposed to be, like, how, my, how I saw it with my parents, then it must be, like, the movies. And it must be, like, all mm. these things that mm. the world throws at us about marriage because you have nothing else to base it off of. Base it off of. Uh-huh. Um, and so that stuff started, like, I started to be able to realize that through mm. just, like, self-reflecting, counseling, yeah. just kind of like, wow. Yeah. I never really thought mm-hmm. these things of my past mm-hmm. had an impact, but it makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you said counseling as well. Would you say there's just a beauty in going, did y'all do that together or did you do it separately or? Um, for the most part, separately. Yeah. There was... There were a few issues that we were both, one, obviously, like, I had a lot of baggage with that I didn't realize till I got yeah. married of my parents' divorce. Because when they got divorced, they it was, like, the most picture-perfect divorce you could ever plan or ask for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they 
like even this past Thanksgiving, we all, my dad and his, my stepmom, my mom and stepdad and their kids, like all had Thanksgiving together at my mom's house. Um, we never heard our parents fight. They never, like, I have no memory of that. Yeah. They took us to church. We did everything to, you know, right. Yeah. And even when they got divorced, we didn't have a schedule of when we could see our dad. He lived across the neighborhood. We could just walk to his apartment stay with him whenever we wanted. Yeah. He'd come over for Christmas morning. Yeah. And so I never thought there were really implications of their divorce yeah. in my life yeah. because it went so well. Yeah. I mean, it, there, of course, it's like you wish your parents were still together. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but overall, especially compared to divorces that I had seen from friends, yeah. parents that were just nasty and mean and the parents couldn't even go to a soccer game together because they couldn't be by each other. Right. That never happened. And so I kind of just brushed off the whole, the thing. whole thing as like, man, think like I'm really thankful my parents right. just pulled through for us, and they did. Yeah. But it wasn't until I got married mm-hmm. um, that I realized I had I like had trust issues towards Russell before we even got married, <laughs> like for no reason, yeah. for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. But because of what happened in my parents' divorce. Um, there was unfaithfulness. And because of that, I had this like preconceived idea that that's just like men are just going to have, they're just going to do that. They're going to yeah. be unfaithful. And like, it's rare if they are, if they're not. Yeah. And so I had all these walls up and these guards yeah. that I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, and you say counseling kind of brought that, yes. brought that out. Counseling kind of made me focus on mm-hmm. my side of what I was, what issues I was bringing to yeah. the table and what was super unfair of yeah. me putting on Russell. Yeah. Like exhausting him yeah. without either of us knowing, right. you know, in hindsight, I'm like, gosh, like I was a terrible wife for those three no. years because like I just, all of these unfair things that were placed mm-hmm. on him, mm-hmm. um, that was like causing tension and like walls to be put up and yeah. need to be super guarded. And a lot of that, I worked through and kind of realized yeah. the extent of like, okay, maybe I'm not actually over all of that stuff yeah. from the past. Yeah. Um, so counseling was good for that, but because we did go to counseling together initially yeah, mm-hmm. a couple of times and she basically told us like, okay, Boston, you have your own set of like individual issues yeah. and Russell, you have your own. So her suggestion to us was like, Russell, you go figure this out with a male counselor and I worked through my yeah. stuff with her, and so that's what we did. Wow. What would you, what would you encourage like a new newly couple? And, and I love you. I I love that you mentioned mentioned counseling too, because I I'm so for that. And I think sometimes that could be a very scary thing yes. for people. Be like, I don't or I don't, admit it. Like, yeah, we had to go to counseling. Yeah, like we yeah. had to go to counseling, and I was like, why not have professionals that studied how to like work through these things help you work through these things, you know, I feel like that's a God-given gift, but what is something you would tell, because again, you were, you guys got married kind of young, and you know, knowing some of the things that you know now in your first years of marriage, you, people that are, are about to get married or newly lads, like what is something that you would either encourage them or just give them advice on, like, you really want to come in with this perspective, or you really want to do this, because I do have a lot of friends that are engaged mm-hmm. actually right now that I know listen to the show, yes. so. I would say... But, and I'm sure my husband would agree with me because we've talked about this a lot, is find a way to deal with 
or acknowledge mm-hmm. the hard stuff before you get married mm-hmm. that you are aware of at yeah, least. Because yeah. some of it you're not going to be aware. You're of. not going to be aware that you're that way. Like I didn't know I had an idolatry problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> until we were married. Um, but going into marriage, I think so many, especially when you're engaged and you're planning a wedding and you have this ring and like people, uh, I feel like idolize engagement these yeah. days yeah. of. It's exciting and it should be and all of that. Mm-hmm. But at least I know us, we were just all head in the clouds yeah. about it. Or at least I was. <laughs> um, you know, I'm planning a wedding. I found my husband. We're going to do, you know, just our honeymoon. And you're just thinking about all these great things. And looking back, we, Russell and I never had, we were never challenged. And I think part of that is you have, please find good premarital counseling. Yeah. Like, don't just, have it sit down with like for hours we loved our pastor and everything but i wish we would have had a more thorough in-depth premarital counseling because ours was just kind of like this is ecclesiastes about how to become one and (laughs) yeah read the five love languages book okay what are your love languages and just kind of the surface level you didn't go like deep deep. no we didn't like no one asked us any hard questions like boston what are your like what is your greatest um like doubt about marriage or and then digging into like why we felt that way because then I'm sure some stuff would come come up up. about Mm -hmm. like oh well this is what happened with my parents and just someone to help us acknowledge yeah like or I also think a lot of times at least us probably because we were so young we didn't think about the like each other's individual sins struggles and we should have yeah both of us like I had a big problem with self-righteousness and thinking that like well I haven't done this this and this and we haven't had sex till we were married so we're just great yeah you know (laughs) we've checked all the little boxes of a Christian couple yeah and so no one like I don't know we it was almost like we were just in yeah had buried our sin individually so deep from each other yeah and from other people and then you get in there and And then yes and like we again I think part of this like if we were to be getting married at age 26 and 28 right now we probably would have matured enough to work like realize we should fix this before Mm -hmm. we get married yeah but at the time we didn't and so I would just encourage anyone who's going into marriage Mm -hmm. don't be so caught up in the excitement of everything that you forget to address like or ask your ask your fiance like hey are there any like deep rooted like sins that you struggle with that I don't know about that we need to talk about yeah like don't be don't shy away from those things because it can save you so much hurt (laughs) yeah and so much like grief and disappointment yeah like finding out about finding out about these issues yeah. On the other side of marriage. Yeah, that's good. Boston, that's so good. I think that's going to be so encouraging to a lot of people because I think it's easy to have the blinders on when yes. you're like dating. Just like, he's so mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> everything I ever hoped for. Everything I ever hoped for. Looks, talent, yes. all the things. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So we're going to switch gears a little bit too. Um, so you said you were a nurse, which you studied very hard for. Um, and now you're a mom. And right now you're you're just a full-time mom, correct? Yes. Um, so, and you have another third one on the way, but what was that, um, work, you you know, so knowing that you were a nurse and nursing school is not easy. I have a lot of friends that have also done nursing school. It's not easy. Did you work for a little bit when you first were a mom? Yes. Okay. And then you recently just quit. Last May. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like making that transition from 
you know, something you worked so hard towards yeah. and you love, I'm assuming, and and then just becoming, and not that you don't love being a full-time mom, but yes, you know what yes. I mean? Like, I, yep. I'm sure ha- being able to have that part of your life and then switch, like, what was that transition? Have you always wanted to do that, or was that kind of an interesting transition for you? Um, so I have always, from the time I was, like, playing house yeah. with my friends and when I was little, have always wanted to be a mom, mm-hmm. and my mom stayed home with us, Yeah, and I just have always known, like, and my, I think, true heart's desire has been to yeah. have kids and be able to stay home with them. Yeah. And I n- never had that expectation because, like, we got married. I was had my son when I was 23. Yeah. Most 23-year-olds don't just quit their job and <laughs> yeah. stay home and have, you know, are able to stay home. Yeah. Um, but it was something I always wanted and hoped for. Yeah. And... So whenever I, part of why I chose nursing as a career was because it's so flexible with scheduling. Like you can do the 12 hour hospital shifts, you can do night shift, you can do day shift, or you can go an eight to five clinic, Mm -hmm. or you can have four days a week. Um, It's also always going to be in demand. So I chose that career because it was between like that or actual med school. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> like I wanted, I want nursing because of the flexibility. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want a career, a job that's going to be my life. Yeah. I want my family and my kids to be my life, and for work to just be a part of me. Yeah. And so, and med school is like a million years. Of yeah, that was a great call. I knew that. Like as soon as I was in nursing school, I saw what meds happening in med school. I was like, oh yeah, this was a great move. Um, but no, so I, I always wanted to be a mom mm-hmm. and be a mom to the little babies yeah. and stay home with them and I was pedi I did pediatric nursing okay. like I just have a heart for kids yeah. and always have and so my first year as a nurse was right literally right after we got married I started working and I was on night shift because I was a new nurse yeah. and I worked in the pediatric ICU and so it was just like the hustle the grind of night shift yeah and ICU and I was working full like full time, which is three nights a week. Yeah, and it was hard. Like night shift is not my thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have kids. Yeah, and my Russell worked Monday through Friday, so yeah. I would just work, come home, and could sleep all day, <laughs> and go back to work, or you know. And then I got pregnant, and so I went through pregnancy on night shift. That wow. was exhausting. And then you when did, I girl. <laughs> when I had once I once we had my son. I went to part-time, okay. which was two nights a week instead of the three, mm-hmm. and did that for a while, and then our house flooded in Hurricane Harvey. Oh, wow. And at the time, I think I was still working part-time nights, Yeah. and basically what I would do is I we didn't, didn't send him to childcare or anything, and did, we don't have family here, yeah. so I would work, uh-huh. and usually I would try to work a Friday night mm-hmm. so that I could come home and sleep for three or four hours yeah. on Saturday when my husband was home. Yeah. But then what happened was our, we had no weekends. We had no family time together. Yeah. And my husband, I'd like crossing paths with my husband mm-hmm. or the, I'd, my schedule would be Wednesday and Friday and yeah. then Monday, Tuesday. And yeah. so it was just chaos, flip flopping back and forth yeah. and sleep deprived. So once our house flooded, we got, we moved out yeah. and lived with friends from like, end of August until almost January. Right. And we house hopped to three different, with three different people, had an eight month old. Wow. And I, during that time, switched to just one night per week. Yeah. 
And so that was way better. Yeah. But I was still working pretty much every Friday or Saturday night yeah. so that I could sleep. Yeah. Otherwise, I would be awake for 36 hours straight with Which... a baby that <laughs> naps for 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, so I think I loved my job. Mm. I loved it. I was in the ICU for three years. Mm-hmm. Loved the hospital, loved the staff, loved mm. everything about my job mm-hmm. besides the part that it was yeah. night shift. Yeah. But I, I cared way more about mm-hmm. being home with my kids. Mm-hmm. And... In that time of our house flooding from August 2017 mm-hmm. till January. Yeah. We went through a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. That's that's when we were in the marriage counseling yeah. stage of everything. And had them, had a miscarriage. Yeah. And then a month later got pregnant with Briley, who's yeah. now almost 11 months old. Yeah. So that was just a really rough <laughs> stage for us. Yeah. Um, and so by that time, I was like... I'm okay, <laughs> I am so over this. Like, yeah. I want to be home with my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being a zombie. This is too much. Mm-hmm. So for that whole pregnancy, mm-hmm. I was only one night per week. Okay. So I, I think I had enough time over those three years to transition from full-time to part-time yeah. to just one night a week. That by the time... yeah. I had my daughter, I was like, I'm ready to stop working. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, ready to just completely, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, like I slept through my alarm one day and just, we, find, so after our house flooded, we put Oakley, my two and a half year old, he went to Mother's Day out Yeah. twice a week so I could sleep and I left him at Mother's Day out. Like I fell asleep trying to set an alarm on my phone oh, wow. and they, Mother's Day out, people like blew up my phone that I finally woke up they were like we were just wondering if you're coming to get Oakley and I was like oh like oh my gosh yeah so it that was just like too too much I didn't care enough like I was like I want to be home with my kids and I'm so tired of being sleep deprived for three years now two pregnancies on nights Mm -hmm. that I think my excitement about being able to close that door yeah of mainly night shift not even (laughs) I love the job um but if there was a way for me to stay home with my kids every day and still have my job, yeah. I would totally do it. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. So, um, no. I, I was, like, sad, obviously, to yeah. leave that job, yeah. but very excited to be home with my kids. Yeah. And you're about to have another third. So, three under three? Yes. Three under three? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And you're 26, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. You excited though? Nervous? Yes. I'm both. Yes. I'm okay. excited. I'm off. Like, it's going to be chaos and yeah. it's going to be so fun. Mm. We are, my husband and I are both just, it's every day is yeah. hilarious yeah. in our house, pretty much. Exhausting, but entertaining. Um, so, a third one, I have no clue how we're going to do <laughs> But we'll figure it out. Yeah. And I just keep telling myself, I'm like, all right, people do this a lot. Like, there's mm-hmm. tons of moms out there mm-hmm. that have got have done it or people have had triplets. Like, mm-hmm. God bless them. I don't know how. Um, so, yeah, I would say we're more, I'm more excited yeah. than nervous. Yeah. Because I just, we'll figure it out. <laughs> do y'all both want to know y'all wanted a big, do you want, do y'all want a big family? So when we first got married, my husband has, there are five kids in his family. He's the oldest of five. And he was like, oh, I want to have five or six kids. And I told him, I was like, that's, I think you're going to change your mind. (laughs) But like, if you want to have that many kids the day I turn 30, like I'm done having kids. (laughs) I'm not going to be pregnant for 10 years of my life. (laughs) Yeah. So we started when I was, like we had my son when I was 23. And then we both feel pretty good about 
three. three. <laughs> now it's pretty like... good. Yeah, but we're, I don't know. We'll see. We've talked about adoption. Yeah. We were actually talking about it before I got pregnant with this third one. Okay. And we're like, okay, God wants, we're not ready to have an adopt oh, right now. Yeah, that's, so, you're like, at 30, man, I'm done, so yeah. you better. <laughs> we both, we both feel pr- pretty mm-hmm. good about it. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. I have a question, too, about just, like, the motherhood piece of things. So, that I know, again, these are all things I hear from friends. There's all, there's always with, like, social media and stuff like that. There's, um, I had one friend say, you know, one thing, her biggest struggle in motherhood right now is just this, like, that she's not doing enough, that she's not this, like, mom guilt mm-hmm. type thing. And she said a lot of it for her stems through, like, the social media world um, and a lot of different avenues, but especially with being a mom. Do you see that? Do you think that is something, like, a lot of millennial, quote-unquote, mothers probably feel a lot have you felt that is that is that a a situation that's (laughs) like really hard to navigate it is yeah um I think regardless of what's most important to you as a mom like if it's raising children that love God or it's feeding them organic (laughs) perfect diets or it's whatever your Mm -hmm. like hang up is on yeah um or a combination of all of them, which mm-hmm. I think is a lot of moms, because yeah. there are lots of really things that do matter and yeah. are important. Um, and kind of ba- trying to find that balance of doing the best that you can, not being lazy and parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like finding the line between having grace. Like my one of my things has been: Are we too hard on our my two-year-old specifically? Because he can be disciplined now, <laughs> and just like. There's so many, social media is so, makes it, is definitely a source of it. I do think even if social media didn't exist, we would still wrestle with some of these things. But it's just so in our faces about, you should be doing this, this, and this. And don't spank your kids because that is going to like mess them up forever. And don't, they, if there's red dye in any of their food, you're poisoning their brains. And, but then you're like. Oh, like this food, all the food pouches at HEB, like that's the only way my yeah. kid will get fruits and vegetables because he won't eat them. Yeah. But like there's, is there a preservative in there? That's, yeah. You know, you just cannot win. <laughs> yeah, you that's, really can't. that's what it sounds like. <laughs> and it's like, oh, but that ground beef is, it's organic, but is it grass fed? Yeah. Like, you know, like my parents, I don't, I went to the McDonald's drive-thru going. Yeah, down. me too. I was and, like, these kids are living a whole different life than yes. we used to live. <laughs> and so it's this constant balance of like. In the whole screen time thing, I put something on my Instagram about this last week about, you know, the you're not, no screen time under age two, blah, blah, blah. And I'm all for that. Like, my, some people in my life would probably say that I am OCD about yeah. like, the screen time, monitoring it and not letting it, like, I'm not going to stick an iPad in my kid's yeah. face right now. He's two. Yeah. Um, but I am aware of it. But at the same time. Like, I got two very small kids at home. My husband works long hours, and I got to make dinner. Yeah. And so, if they watch a TV show for 20 minutes or something, yeah. you know, I put something about that on my Instagram, and literally over 20 moms, that, and I don't have a big following on yeah. Instagram, so 20 DMs is a lot for me, <laughs> um, all replied, and they were like, oh my gosh, yes, like, amen, preach, thank yeah. you for saying this, and it's just crazy how many of us feel the same things. Yeah. But the only thing being put out there are mm-hmm. the, like, the do's and don'ts. Yeah. And no yeah. one's actually being real about, 
like you know what like tonight my kid's eating chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese from a box that probably has orange dye in it and that's and just what it is a banana that's organic like yeah. i'm trying you yeah. know um and so i do that's it is hard um just figuring out your bet what's what is enough yeah. Because you don't ever feel... You want to give your kids the best of yeah. everything. Yeah. And, of course, like, I would love to serve my kids, every, you know, full balanced breakfast, lunch, and dinner and hope that they love it and eat all of it because yeah. I have 45 minutes to just prepare breakfast <laughs> yeah. and lunch and dinner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think the expectations on moms are just crazy these days, but a lot of them are put on us yeah. ourselves yeah. because of what we see on social media. Yeah. No, that and I and I you remember we talked about earlier about this the grace thing. I think there's this under like this thing it's just we have to give ourselves grace. Like we have to as moms as anything, that's an airplane. Sorry y'all. <laughs> um but just give ourselves grace cuz ultimately it's like Jesus like I just want I just want Jesus to be in this house. I just want him to be yeah. this, you know and, and I just want them to grow and, and love him and, and 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 I just have to give myself grace I'm a human yep. you know and I think but we have we put all these expectations on ourselves yeah via what via you know the other thing you know some what I mean? of them to other people they can sound ridiculous yeah but like whenever you talk mom to mom you don't even have to explain it because yeah. everyone you just get it like yeah. I literally I don't maybe a month or two ago was crying to my husband <laughs> on our bed and I don't I'm, I don't have meltdowns that often but I was crying to him because I was struggling so much with mm-hmm. I my hardest thing as a mom and wife has been like how to feed our family, yeah. like find stuff that everyone likes, stick to the grocery budget, uh, like just the combination of all of it. It's a it's super overwhelming to me because yeah. I'm a weird picky eater. I don't like yeah. a lot of stuff, so I don't enjoy cooking really. I don't care about that much, but I I am responsible for nourishing a family and so I was just telling him like I feel like I'm doing such a bad job and I was realized like I followed I was following these accounts on Instagram that were supposed to like help me with new ideas like one of them was called feeding littles and it's about like they take pictures of lunch ideas for your kids and snack I healthy snack options and I was following accounts like that to like genuine I had good intentions it was like help me expand my options and whatever and it was like eating me away inside because yeah. I was just comparing what yeah. I had been giving my kids right to what these what this dietitian account was giving her yeah. kids yeah and all the knowledge that she had about oh like the cotton candy grapes like are injected yeah. with whatever form- I don't have no I don't even about. know <laughs> yes and I'm like oh cotton candy grapes like my kids will love them like they'll eat grapes yeah um. So, anyways, I just was, like, literally had a meltdown crying to him about being just so overwhelmed with inadequacy. Like, yeah. I'm trying so hard. I'm, I, this is a hard area for me, and I'm exhausted, yeah. and I still feel like I'm doing a terrible job. Yeah. And he was, like, he, like, chuckled a little bit before he realized yeah. that I was, like, <laughs> trying to have a real serious moment. Yeah. And I started crying because I was like, it's not funny. Like, I'm, this is seriously impacting my burden. Like, it's a burden I'm carrying every day. Yeah. And it's like a weight on my shoulders that I feel responsible to do a great job in. And I feel like I'm failing. Yeah. Because my kid had a PB&J with goldfish (laughs) for like the eighth day in a row for lunch, you know? Um, 
And so, yeah, I think, because to my husband, that's ridiculous. Yeah. He's like, what do you, like, you feed our, you're doing a great job. We have beautiful, healthy, growing, yeah. happy kids that they never go hungry. And so to him, it's like, you're doing fine. Like, why are you worried yeah. about that? But if I were to talk about that with another one of my mm-hmm. mom friends, yeah, they feel the same way. Yeah. And so I think also just encouraging other moms, like, talk about it with, Be like, everyone feels the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah, I heard some quote one time. It's just like sometimes people are just waiting for you to go first. Yes. In the sense of they just need to hear that some that they're everything that's going on in their head is not crazy. At least someone else gets that. Yeah. You know, and not everyone's gonna understand the things that you're going through, and that's okay. But there is probably someone that does, you know, and until you're open and vulnerable about it, like they won't know and mm-hmm. you won't know that you guys connect. And I kind of, I really liked what you talked about. Cause I, so I saw this on your Instagram. I think you've done this a couple of times where you um, have posted that you're taking a break from social media. Um, and I think maybe a few years ago you like defollowed yes. a whole lot of people. Yes. And I, I was in a social media world where like people are really obsessed with it. And then, you know, for me or having podcasts or whatever, like some of that stuff matters, but to see you do that was kind of, it was really cool to me, you know, and I really want to talk a little bit about just that piece in general, this, so when you do your social media kind of like fast break, and also like when you, ha- do you follow people, like, I think that sounds so little, but some people would be like, I won't, can't do that, just generally right. can't do that, you know, what, what prompted you to do that, and um, regardless of how, like what it's going to look like, and it's mm-hmm. crazy that I even have to ask, like, you know, what prompted you to do that? Because people can't do that. Because it's literally yeah. social media. But seriously. No. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. So it's a, a obviously addictive thing. Yeah. And I just remember it was when I had Once I had my son. Yeah. And I kind of had the this these moments of like what actually matters. Yeah. And what am I, what's been consuming my thoughts and my time. And um, I mentioned to you that I walked through some like eating disorder stuff yeah. and just past just body image and being cons- literally consumed by it mm-hmm. but at the same time acknowledging like it does not matter yeah. like when I am on my deathbed yeah I am I gonna like wonder how I looked in that bathing suit or if I fit the size two or the size four no nobody yeah. cares about that yeah. and no one's gonna remember it yeah and so it's this frustrating balance and I feel like it's the same with social media people acknowledge that it's doing harmful things to their everyday thought life and how they compare and think about themselves but no one's actually doing anything about it about it yeah like you're still following the same accounts you're still scrolling through the same Mm -hmm. detrimental stuff yeah and I after I had my son was like no like this is starting to shape who I am yeah and my thoughts and how I feel about myself and other people yeah and I don't want to be that type of mom in person for my family. Yeah. And so I remember, I think I was following over 800 people. Yeah. Which isn't that many. I, I don't have a big Instagram account again, but for me, that was like a lot of people. I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot I mean, of people to be scrolling through. 800 something people's <laughs> posts, yes. And back then, it was before the Instagram stories thing was a thing, so it was just pictures and posts. But I just decided one day that, all the blogger, nothing against the bloggers, yeah. But like the things that were hard for me to not compare, not to. compare myself to. Um, I just unfall. I went from over eight hundred people to following, I think, like sixty four people. Wow. And I literally, I didn't even, I did not even look at who I was unfollowing. I went 
through my whole entire list and just hit unfollow, 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 and like started fresh. Wow. And so then I went back and added. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna follow my mom. <laughs> I'm gonna follow my, my sister. You know, my two best friends. <laughs> and I slowly just built it back up. And every time I would follow someone, I would ask myself because I didn't want to delete my whole account. Mm-hmm. I had like my all these years of pictures yeah. and stuff. Um, but I wanted a fresh start and just to reprioritize what I was allowing into my life. Yes. And what I was, what am I going to let be on my feed? Yes. Am I going to let, I'm not going to give examples because it's not, it's nothing against those specific accounts. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, like a lot of the fitness accounts yeah. and the, I, I um, that. like the, the mom blogs, yeah. like for real, you would think those would be like comforting. Yeah, following other people in the same, like, trenches of motherhood, but it was not. Yeah. Because I'm like, that, how is she... How is like, she able to do that, and I can't... Yes, fig- and then you out. realize, oh, well, the reason she looks that way and has her hair and makeup done at 7 a.m. every day and feeds her kids perfect meals is because she's made so much money from her Instagram account <laughs> that, like, her husband stays home, helps her with everything, takes her pictures all day. Yeah. Like... There's so many things that we don't know behind the, the scenes, scenes. Mm-hmm. that I'm just like, well, crap, it's 11 a.m. And, like, I, it's my third day without putting makeup on. My hair's still in a bun. And, like, you just have these comparisons when it's ridiculous mm-hmm. because you don't actually know yeah. what's happening behind the picture. And so yeah. I just started slowly rebuilding my Instagram account. I think now I follow, like, 140 or something of, of things that I genuinely want to see and that are helpful. And sometimes I'll follow people for a little bit and if I start to notice myself mm-hmm. sliding back into that yeah. trend then I'm like unfollow yes and sometimes it's hard it's stupid it's like you could just you know it's easy to just hit unfollow and be done with it but you're like emotionally attached to these people no that's real and, and I'm glad you're saying that and I feel like some people won't admit that but yeah. there's a lot more people that are like that than you think and I think that is a, such a good discipline because I mean I think it is a discipline that in itself that you can go and just unfollow all these people like when you click follow what what am i taking in because we have so much control about what we're taking in our lives yet we act like we don't have any control yes as if it's like they're just on there. They yeah, just keep, they just they just keep yeah. somehow they're they on just my keep mom. seeing a mom that has a six pack. Like <laughs> they're just on there, and it's just like no, you could easily do something about that. But I I think that's inspiring and. Whether or not people admit it, subconsciously, I think a lot of people do struggle with that, is this idea of, I I can't be that. And I, even for me, so not in the mom scenario, but like with people that are podcasters or with people that are just like traveling the world, just doing things that I want to do that I'm like, I don't have the capacity because I still have to do a full-time job. Like this can't be my full-time job right now. And it may never be. And I get so sometimes frustrated mm-hmm. in the same way of... How come they get that? How come this can be your full time job? job. And yeah. then the same thing, you know, in the behind the scenes. Well, they have, you know, a spouse that works so they can stay home and do that. They, I mean, they have so many other nuances. They have like a big, I don't know, they were already somewhat big before they started yeah. it, you know? And so I get it. And I'm just so encouraged by that. When I saw you do that, because I was like, more people should probably do that. I think there would be less comparison, you know what I mean? Yeah. And more just. I don't know, enjoyment of just the yep. pure joy of social media for what it is yes. versus what it's not, you yes. know? So I, I just really wanted you to speak about that because <laughs> yes. that was like... No, I'm a... I'm, again, I think having kids just changed me in a lot of ways, but that's specifically one of just... Yeah. I can control what I 
let shape me. Yeah. Like what I choose to read or look at or hear about or, mm-hmm. you know, all of it. We do have, you can have boundaries with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you used to be a fitness instructor or? Yes. Like kind yeah. of? <laughs> I did coach CrossFit okay. for a few years okay. in college. Mm-hmm. And then once I had, once, why well, don't forget what even after CrossFit I transitioned somehow into coaching Orange Theory okay fitness and I only did that for a short time because then I got pregnant and I was way too pregnant to be coaching that yeah um and so yeah I did I off and on yes that's cool I I do like a CrossFit semi type thing right Mm -hmm. now I mean it's like it's like a garage gym type thing it's not under the CrossFit brand right I love that like strength you know, I'm all about women and strength and stuff yes. like that and doing yes. the weights and stuff. So I just, I just admire that. But I, cause you were talking about fitness bloggers and unfollowing that. Yes. So I can That's been a whole, of, like, I love it and yeah. I'm passionate about it. And mm-hmm. I obviously it's like a little on the back burner between yeah. babies and being pregnant for three years mm-hmm. in a row. Um, but it, I love, it's like an outlet for me. Fitness. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's, she's really good at the fitness thing. I see you post some of your workout, and I've looked at them, and I've, I'm like, okay, I can go do this, because I'm always trying to find new avenues mm-hmm. to do workouts and stuff. Awesome. Okay, so we are near the end of the podcast. I literally could talk to you forever. This was so <laughs> this is so fun. So I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask everybody at the end of the podcast. Okay. Right? So the first one is, if you could go to lunch with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Okay. Um, this one, I had to think, I don't. I'm just going to say Michelle Duggar from the 19 kids in County. (laughs) And I know that they have some white quirky things about their family and stuff. But in high school, I watched that show all the time. And it was so entertaining to me. I I think I got emotionally attached to it. And then when all that stuff went through with their family and they stopped the show and stuff, I I haven't really kept up with them. But... As a mom now, like, I haven't watched that show in however long it's been off TLC. But I did not. And at the time, I wasn't that obsessed with it. Yeah. But now that I'm a mom and I have, like, literally only did two kids. (laughs) The two under two thing, which sounds crazy and daunting and all this stuff. Until you realize, like, she had 19 children. And some of them I know are older and can help or whatever. But she... And again, this could just be the way that TV portrayed her to be. Yeah. But it, it, over the years of following her, she's just the most calm and grace-filled, nurturing, patient yeah. mom and wife. Like, I really feel like, again, they have some extremes about yeah. their family that I, it's not for me. Yeah. But overall, as like a mom and a wife, I think she is just so balanced and yeah. has her like priorities in line and I don't know. I've just admired the way yeah. that she carried herself through yeah. being a mom to that many kids, running that household, being a faithful wife and, yeah. and like always being a like submissive, encouraging, yeah. strong woman for her yeah. husband and stuff. So I would like to have lunch with her and just be like, like Can you tell me your how did you implement like laundry in your house? <laughs> Like, how did you <laughs> tell me your routines? How did you get ready? Like, yes. how did you? Yes. So she physically birthed 19 kids. Yes. I yeah. can't 
I know. I'm on my, this is my third pregnancy, and I'm like, <laughs> never again. Like, I love pregnancy. I can appreciate it. It's so sweet. All of the things, like, I, it's a true, it's a blessing yes. to be able to carry a baby, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sensitive to that, but it's, it's hard. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, made, like, bending over all day long to pick up other kids and their toys when I have this, like, gigantic <laughs> thing in the way, it's just, you stand up, and you're like... my back all day yes i'm like 19 times i just cannot imagine oh my gosh yeah i i can't more i would i would just be inspired to listen to her too because i'm like how do you i mean that's like a classroom for some like teachers that's literally a whole a full classroom that i know which is crazy so i think it'd be fun to just pick her brain about like little household things that are overwhelming for moms that she seemed to just yeah have them down. Well, Michelle, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> yeah. Boston Evans is in the Houston area, so if you're ever in town, help me. <laughs> she just just come over. Yeah. Y'all can do laundry together, yes. do whatever. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, so the next question, which is not really a question, it's more like a statement. Um, if you, I love encouragement, and um, just listening to your story and parts of your story is going to be an encouragement of itself. But if you could encourage anyone right now, I would love for you to speak their name. And encourage them because I think I think encouragement just goes such a long way and we all need it and we all desire it. So who would that person be? And you just encourage them. Okay. I'm gonna encourage my younger sister, Brighton. Hi Brighton. Hi Brighton. <laughs> yes. Um she is in her final stretch of college at Texas Tech okay. in Lubbock and she is just like she has had a been dealt a handful of cards that are, are is, has been tough for anybody. Yeah. Um, and she has just walked through it and yeah. muscled through it and is, I mean, one day at a time, she's yeah. just done her thing. And I just want to encourage her that she, no matter the hard days and the circumstances yeah. that seem to just keep going against her, she just keeps on finding a way yeah. to keep going. Yeah. Um, and so she's wrapping up college she sings and plays guitar and is thinking about the whole nashville thing after college and um yeah she's just doing her thing so i want to encourage her to just keep going Mm -hmm. and that's it yeah brighton you you go girl girl. (laughs) if you ever want to come on the podcast and sing for us. She would. I'm always, she totally would. I'm always looking for people to serenade me. <laughs> yes, she would serenade me. <laughs> In the singer. Well, thank you so much, Boston. You literally have been great. And I know so many people are going to be encouraged by you. And if people want to follow you and just get encouragement from your Instagram, can, do you mind giving it out to people? No, it's my name. It's just Boston and then A-Y. A-Y. Which are my old initials. Oh, yes. your old initials. There you A- go. Boston A-Y. There you go. So you can follow her. Um, she She's really encouraging. I follow her. Her Insta stories are so cute. Her kids are so cute. Um, but, yeah, thanks. Of course. Bye, thanks everybody. for having me. Yeah, no problem at all.